Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by James Dowse. Hiya, Scott. Uh, hello, I'm Josh Brown. Hello, Scott and James. Hi, James. <laughs> We're getting very formal on this, uh, the day of The Last of Us. Two days after the Americans have seen it, one day for us. Let me make it more informal. Hello, James Dowselfini. Hello. Very good. I don't get it. <laughs> That's some sort of in-joke that I also don't get. But I would assume that Josh is very happy, so it's probably a good thing. Listen, at uh, half four on a Tuesday night, Yes, that yes. is the You've quality. had a day of filming, you've been in the yeah. studio That's all day. It, all I'm here yeah. for today is to pop myself yeah. and to pop nobody else. No one else needs yeah. to get the jokes, as long as I like them. I'm going to make fun. you a shirt using the Last of Us font that just says, the best of us. Yeah. And you can just wear that shirt. Didn't I even make that joke? And I don't even get it myself. No, you don't get any credit for it. You made the joke, but I... I just t- said it louder. Yeah, it's, it doesn't matter who made a joke, it's about who oh. says it first. Oh, right. I don't think that's uh, true in uh, in law. But still, <laughs> The Last of Us is finally out. HBO is The Last of Us. We've all seen the first episode. We're not going to do these every single week, but we thought we'd do a little gathering of the three of us to talk about the premiere and just general thoughts on the show, where we think it's going to go, and comparisons to the game, etc. And I think at the end of the whole season, uh, we'll do another one, and we'll sort of see how that thing comes together. Um, but yeah, I want to do just an open um, set of questions for this, because Josh has just done the ups and downs over on the YouTube channel uh, for What Culture Gaming, so go check that out. Um, and I just wanted this to be a bit more freeform uh, conversation and see where we come down. I think, well, I know yeah. I'm the most negative on this. I don't want to be. I don't want to be Mr. Negativo. I would rather you guys talk about what was good about it. What I'm really excited about for this podcast is normally when we do podcasts like this, where something is, you know, it come out, whether it's a game, a mm. movie, whatever, like we have like a two hour chat in the office beforehand and then we record the podcast. So <laughs> I, I yeah. already know everything you guys are going to say. I have right. no idea what you think about the Last yep. of Us, James Dowser. Because I had to cut you off, Scott, because I was like, I'm telling you so many things via <laughs> you, our you, Slack messages. Yeah, you told me on Slack, you were like, I'm going to shut you down and we'll talk about this later. But anyway, anyway, this, this, this. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we ended up anyway. just talking about it anyway. But I specifically didn't talk to you, Josh, so no. it would be fresh here. Yes. And here we are. Give me your <laughs> thoughts, Mr. James Dowser, on The Last I of Us. I absolutely, I liked it. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, yeah I was going to say. I would say you. I loved it. Right. It's nine out of ten for me, though. It is absolutely the best video game adaptation of a, a game I've seen. Yeah. Movie, whatever, whatever. Like I a live action thing. You know yeah. what I meant. I do. I think, um, actually, no, Josh, give me your thoughts on it. Uh, yes. I mean, if you've watched the ups and downs by the time this goes out, you'll know I'm very hot on it. Mm. I thought it does very little wrong. There are a right. few things mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done personally. I think it's very, very good. I think it's not let down, but it's familiar in its subject matter in terms of it, you know, depicting Outbreak Day. Mm, yeah. It's 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 stuff we've kind of seen before in the realm of TV and movies executed very well. For me, it's an interesting bit of The Last of Us to adapt because I've always been of the opinion that the stretch, spoilers, after Sarah's <laughs> death yes. until Joel, Tess, and Ellie leave the quarantine zone, that's the yep. worst bit of the game for me. It's one of my favorite games of all time, one of my favorite mm. stories, but that's the least compelling, most convoluted part. Okay. So because half of this episode focuses on that, I think a lot of the changes that are brought to the table were very well-received for me. But yeah, it's it's. A, I would agree with Dallas. It's a 9 out of 10. I don't think it's necessarily one of the best pilots ever made. No. But it's a solid introduction. It gets almost everything right, in my opinion. And it's made me very excited to see how they build on it. So far, are you happy with the pacing? Like how you said then that was the worst part of the game for you. Are you happy with how that played out in the show because it went so quick? 
kind of. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I will, we'll get into this probably when we jump into specifics, but yeah. for me, the changes that they've made and the tweaks and the condensing some of the plot lines when it comes to the likes of Robert and Tess and mm-hmm. Joel encountering Ellie, to me, that actually makes that stretch more compelling than it is yeah. in the game. Uh, oh. For me, 100%, and you know, we'll probably get into this in detail, but the Robert part on the game, because it's so tutorialized, yes. uh, I don't mm-hmm. find that very fun. I find it a little bit bland in terms of the encounters you're going up against. I love mm-hmm. the scene with Tess, Joel, and Robert where you know he gets executed after they interrogate him. Arm. That's unbelievable. Yeah. But before that, you know, I think Ellie is takes too long to be introduced. So I like that in the show, yeah. they kind of make her a character um, before Joel meets her because mm. obviously you get the benefit with it being a TV show. You're not strapped into Joel's perspective. Yeah. You get True. to jump around characters. So I just, I like the way that they sped it up here. And I liked that this first episode ended with them leaving the quarantine zone rather than, for instance, meeting Ellie or meeting yeah. the Fireflies yeah, yeah. and then having to go on the mission. Yeah. That was like an interesting thing of like, where are they going to cap that first episode? Like, what do you leave off on? There's a lot of like specific scenes that you can do. And as soon as they started leaving, um, leaving the, the, the quarantine zone or whatever, I was like, they're going to do the scene where you reveal that she's actually infected and then you sort of like cut to black or whatever you like that's the end of that episode um yeah for me it's just and the, i'm gonna absolutely flag for this entire show that i i'm very precious with the last of us it's one of my favorite games of all time one of my favorite stories of all time one of my favorite characters set some of the sets a set of some of my favorite characters mm-hmm. um of all time so i'm just i'm very very precious about what you change what you tweak what you adapt um, and what you try and add to it and i just had that feeling of Every single scene they recreate in this um, that is directly the same dialogue and, and like, you know, exactly the same setup and everything is worse. I think that every single scene, if you directly compare them, was done better in the game. And everything that they add, I found to just be largely pointless. Like the stuff, and the thing, I don't even want to make this like a big negative pod. I know that I'm very much in the minority. Like the, it's 99% on Rotten Tomatoes critical reviews. It's 96% audience score. Everything on social media is like 10 out of 10. Oh my God, this thing is incredible. And I just think ultimately I can't divorce my subjective love of The Last of Us um, from just viewing it as just a zombie show. I can't, I, I mean, I could if you like forced me to do it. Right. But like, I just love it too much as an original work. And it's one of the first times I've really loved an original work that was being specifically recreated where I have that original thing to compare it to. And for me, it's it's never going to be anywhere near. Nothing will ever be as close as the original 2013 Last of Us. I must admit, and I want to know Douse's opinion on this because I don't know it, but when, like, I was quite naive going into it that it took me a while to kind of realize that, oh, yeah, this is its own thing. You know, right from, right from the opening scene where we get that scene in the oh, chat show talk, talk that, in yeah, 1968, yeah. I kind of had to recalibrate because for as much as I was looking forward to this, and I really was, I was mm-hmm. keeping up with it, with the production of it in a way that I don't for almost anything. I was still unprepared for, all, of course, they're going to be making changes big and yeah. small, and it's not just going to be the game's cutscenes mm-hmm. for better or worse. And that, to me, initially, I was kind of taken a little bit aback by it, so I want to go back and watch it again knowing now what it is and what they're changing and how they're approaching it. Because for that first scene and for a few scenes afterwards, I was kind of, it was not like I was disliking it, but I was actively divorcing um, what I was seeing from the game Mm. and from what I was expecting to happen in the show Mm -hmm. because they are different beasts. And that was kind of weird having to do that because I played The Last of Us. Mm -hmm. It's probably the game I've replayed the most. I replayed it um, at the end of last year when part one came out. Mm -hmm. I know those scenes like you guys probably do, like the back of my hand. I know the intonations of every Mm -hmm. dialogue. I know every camera movement more or less. Mm -hmm. So I had to to get that visual language out of my head Mm -hmm. and be like, no, I need to treat this as... Not in a vacuum, but I need to not be constantly being like, well, that scene's more elongated. That scene is slightly different. They've changed this. They've added this. You know, you know what I mean? Even though they do like recreate bits like when they're all in the car and you get the same camera angle and stuff. Like They, they are directly connoting the game. It's like, look what we did. We made it in live action. But yeah. Do you not see it as like an accompaniment though? Like how, because I mentioned to you earlier, Scott, mm. with like Ellie in chains and stuff like that. And also like Tess, you can see when Robert interrogated her and stuff like that. You don't see that in the game. So, and also um, Sarah buying the watch for Joel. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just like an accompaniment of the game. It it's assists. a weird thing to plug those scenes in, right? To be like, oh, that's what the game version of these characters did as well. Yes. Well, well that's what I mean. So it's just like, these are things that you never saw in the game, but you're seeing in live action. You mm-hmm. think, oh, that was fair enough. That's mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. It didn't have to be there because in the game, it's not there and it's still told a good story. Mm-hmm. 
But it's I, I like those scenes. The That's I I have that feeling where I'm just like because it's so close to the original and because the original was cinematically shot and is so competent <clears> as if you just watched all the cutscenes stitched together, you've still got a very very competent movie. Like obviously there's bits missing because it's the gameplay parts, but in terms of how those scenes are shot and how they're acted, it's already a really solid, incredibly well made movie. So like it's it's a it's just a weird quandary. We've never really had this before where something is so cinematically complete and then and then to do it in live action with a budget and with Craig Mazin from Chernobyl and uh, and then to try and match that. I think that's where for me it falls down because it, it just can't get there. Like it's never going to get there because it's already so complete. I think that's why I liked the uh, the new scenes more than the recreations. Mm. The recreations were absolutely spot on mm. and sometimes they really worked. I loved the scene where all hell is breaking loose and Sarah's in the car and they're driving. Mm. It's more or less shot for shot for the game yeah. but it still worked. It's still intense. They've yeah. done a really good job of translating that but uh, yeah, for me, in some of the other scenes that were one for one, I was, you know, maybe missing a camera movement that was in the original game or a certain, or that game cinematography or a certain style of performance. So when it came to like the other stuff that was added, that was fleshed out, I, mean, I loved all the stuff with Sarah at the beginning. Right. I loved more, more or less every single addition or change they made yeah. to the story in every scene they added. Because yeah, it's not necessarily, it doesn't, make the first version of the story inferior by not having them. But mm. for me, it, in a kind of like television show, it allowed you to know the characters especially in a way that you can't if you... In a way that you um, could with gameplay in the original game is what I'm trying mm. to say. If you yeah. remove the gameplay, how do you still get the audience familiar with the characters. And to me, it was through those extra scenes, the addition of this. Do you know what I was also doing? I was turning off my brain at the parts that I recognized. And right. then the new scenes, I was just like, oh, here I am. And he was waking <laughs> up for those scenes. And then when you saw him doing the things you know, it's just, this show is made for people who have played the game, but they want to see the new scenes. That's arguably mm. what I want to see. Yeah, but I think it works best if you have no frame of reference for it. Like okay. if you're if you're my mum and you're sitting down yeah, to watch it, it is for people who haven't seen it. Because for me, I think game. it's it's kind of weird when they directly recreate a scene almost with the same beats. Like that bit when Sarah gives Joel the watch, you're yes. waiting for him to say like, "Oh, it doesn't work," and have a bit of a laugh that it doesn't work. And they do that exact same thing. It's the same kind of joke, but it, for me, it doesn't feel as genuine. I didn't. I mean, I didn't Ooh. think that um, Pedro Pascal and I forget what you call the woman, the uh, little girl who's playing Sarah, Nico or, um, Parker. Oh, sorry, yeah, about, Sarah. Yeah. Sorry, I was on about Ellie. <laughs> yeah, like Sarah the character. Yeah. I didn't think they had as, anywhere near as much poor as Evan Troy Baker and the other daughter whose actor's okay. name I forgot. Um, so there was just that weird thing of like, we are acting out these parts that have been perfected before. I just, I couldn't shake that. And I think that's like, that's another wider question as well is like, what do you want from a video game adaptation? And Tim, do you want it to be seen for scene reshot? It depends what the source material is. In this case, The Last of Us is already cinematically, you could, you could just literally recreate those scenes as they did with the car stuff. Or do you want something more like Uncharted, only as a template where you take all the nomenclature, all the names, all the locations, and you just sort of like spread them out over a table and remix stuff. And now this person is related to this person and this thing caused this and whatever. And is that an approach to do? That's what kind of, kind of what Castlevania did. Um, I personally drastically prefer that. I think if you take something that is already cinematically complete, there's way less ground to to fill out. I, th I mean, what's so the risk else? to that though, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Whereas last of us is guaranteed though, to be a success because it's playing it beat for beat what happened. True, but to me that makes it pointless. Like yeah, the, the closer you get, the more pointless. It that is. makes it safer for audiences who haven't played the game. Yeah, and I guess I was like, yeah, that's only like completely subjectively. If it's just safe, it's boring. Do you not think that you're not the target audience for this show? Probably. Yeah. That's it. That's why, that's I, why I said I'm super precious about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think when you say it's it's pointless because to me it's like. It, yeah, maybe pointless if you love the game and think that's like, it's never going to get better. Mm. I don't even want to see it, 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 it reinterpretation or see those scenes translated. But like, I, th I do agree with what we're all kind of saying there where this show, it's certainly for the fans. If, you know, if, if you're a fan, you'll enjoy the show. Mm. Yeah. But it's not only made for you in mind, if that yeah. makes sense. Mm. It's made to attract my dad who watched totally. it. It's made to attract yeah. the biggest possible audience who've never seen these beats uh, before and probably more importantly would never see them because mm. they would never play the game. But that yeah. story is so valuable and so good that I I love that it's now accessible to a whole audience who would otherwise never e have even heard of it. Yeah. Never yeah, yeah. even hear the names Joel or Ellie again like my dad I, I keep bringing him up <laughs> don't know why but he's just like the kind of example of a person who is not into games is not into game stories mm -hmm. but loves the fiction yeah. of The Last of Us in his 
the media that he likes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's a question. What is the actual like end result of this show? Like, What is the point? Everybody who's bought the game has got the game, and all the people who are watching the show aren't gamers. So what is like... what? What's the well, point? it's just money, isn't it? I mean, if you, if you <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just literally, show, yeah, we should do not it. money towards the franchise. <laughs> in well, Sony's kind of got a whole thing about like branching out into TV and film, yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, it is them trying to be to, trying, trying to create mega brands with each thing they've got. Yeah. I'm using that term from the Eve Gamer quote earlier in the week, where he referred to things as mega brands, because mm-hmm. um, Sony would love PlayStation Studios to be a relevant thing in in live action and, and animation. So I guess it's just them going, "What's our biggest thing?" Because they've already greenlit the Horizon show and the or movie God and the of God of War, War one as well. So um, they just want to be omnipresent. They want to be on all three, or multiple mediums all at once. Like, yeah. the, And this is one of their best foot feet they can put forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but according to all the interviews with like Craig Mason and stuff, it seems like he pushed for it. Like It seems like he was playing the game and he was like, this. he wants this to be something bigger. It's, he said it's crying out for it to be something bigger. So he wanted to make this sort of like more... Uh, live action version of a yeah. thing that was already perfect. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I like that he said in one of the interviews he was like um, he's having like the dinner with uh, Neil Druckmann and <clears> Neil <throat> Druckmann was wanting to get like a partner or want to mm. feel the kind of pitch for The Last of Us. And D- Craig Mason essentially said, "Look, I made Chernobyl. I can go to HBO now and say this is what I want to do." <laughs> and that's what he did. He went like, "Look, I made Chernobyl. This is my next project. Are you on board?" And right. then they had like the pitch meeting with HBO, and then they accepted it. But mm. uh, if we want to talk about specifics at all, like going back well, to that scene that you mentioned at yes. the beginning in the, the 60s show, the 60s yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. obviously, uh, we said yes to Scott. We were like, what is going to be the first scene yep. of this uh, TV show? And I actually said it would be Sarah waking up in bed and going to school, right. which is the second scene of the movie. <laughs> but the first scene caught, I think, everyone by surprise by, you know, giving us something we hadn't seen before. Since it says 1968, it's like, yeah. okay, what's yeah. going what are we on? Doing? And I love that initially as a marker that this is not going to go exactly mm. as you expected. However, that said, when I was in that scene, initially I was thinking, I don't like this. So, I've come round to it now and right, I'll tell right. you why, but I want to know your first reaction because initially I was thinking, ooh, I don't know. I don't know about right. this. There was a bit I was mentioning to you what Dan Durkin said to me where it was like during the interviews in that scientist bit, he says that there is no cure for the fungi. Mm. Yeah. Which kind of like, yeah, like it has an impact later down the line. That, yeah, that's the ultimate end of the entire show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So admittedly, that's a bit of foreshadowing. So Potentially. I, I loved the bits that they added into that intro. I really did like it. I, I just didn't. I just think that, like, <laughs> it just, for me, like, one of the most impactful parts of The Last of Us in that intro is that you have no idea what's happening. Like, the nearest thing you get is that when um, Joel and Sarah get into the car with Tommy, Tommy just says, like, oh, I think it's like a parasite or something. And you have, you have no idea what it is. And then you move on and then everything carries on. And you, have, you get no real detail as to what it is for, like, hours. And you can pick up, like, a newspaper clipping that says there were, like, crops um, that were mm-hmm. starting to send, that they needed to be re- recalled or something. It seems like something grew out of some crops and it was, like, this fungal thing and the cordyceps virus and whatever. But even the first time I went through The Last of Us, I just didn't know the word cordyceps. And, like, you have to really look for it. And I just didn't like that they spell it out. I, I, it's almost like a fundamental aspect of, like, horror. I think it's. I, th- I just think things are scarier if you don't know what it is. And right. for, that, for uh, John Hannah's character to spell it out so much, where it is just a one-to-one. Like, this thing is going to take over people. It's going to control their minds. Um, and they're going to go and do stuff and whatever. And I was like, I just didn't need that at all. And I just find that, I just thought it was far more effective in terms of a portrayal of a virus in the original. Right. I was like that initially. I kind of thought mm. I don't really need that. But then I was thinking about it. And to me, it works because what I loved about Chernobyl in part, and I'm not the first person to say this, is that it's it's Chernobyl in many ways was like, at least I was portrayed in the show, is like a preventable thing. Mm. Like the people mm. in charge know about certain issues, know about certain you know things that could go wrong and are prepped on them, but it's like inaction. Mm. And that's what I liked that was reflected here. You know, it's like you've got you know, people on a stage in 1968 talking about the potential, um, you know, dangers that yeah. this could um, inflict on humanity as we know it. Yes. And people kind of, you know, get worried in the moment and it's a sensational headline. And then it's like, oh, that'll never happen. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. And I like that they refer to stuff like, you know, they, they allude to climate change. They allude to other pandemics in that thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, like some of like the worst things to ever happen throughout human history were preventable. And yet <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's almost like inevitable that like the infrastructure in the people in charge will fail everyone As by was not the case being with all prepared. Stuff, yeah. 100%. Like, and I, I like that extra wrinkle and that kind of, Real world horror. I don't know if I love Craig Mason's, you know, dedication to making everything grounded, but that was mm. a nice change in terms of 
people, you know, the writing was always on the wall. I like the inevitability of it in, ter- in this context. Yeah, I just, for me, it's just a little bit too cute. Like, they sort of, it's like, oh, well, you know, this isn't going to happen now. It's too far flung. But hey, if the world's temperature gets a bit higher, I don't know. And it's just like, yes, global warming is a massive obvious factor that we talk about almost on the daily. Like, you don't need to make everything as relevant as right now. Like, I just, I mean, you can, but I just think that Last of Us was so strong because it was like its own thing. Um, just, I, yeah, I wasn't a fan of doing stuff like that. I mean, there's there's loads of little things that I didn't like where they they stitch stuff together to what's going to happen later. Um, or they bring in, like, a reference to Last of Us 2. Like, they make it so that um, on uh, Joel and Sarah's last night together, they watch uh, Dawn of the Wolf 2 or whatever, which is the movie that Ellie wants to watch with Joel in The Last of Us 2 um, before he dies. It's what they were going to watch or something before he dies. I think that stuff is way too cute. It's like Anakin C-3PO stuff. Oh, man. As personally as me, who has played both of the games, mm. I would never have even thought about that. Right. Like, other than it just being like a nice little Easter egg. Yeah, and I just I can't like I said I'm too precious with it. I just like yeah. it's not that I it's not it's obviously not an objective thing. So it's it's for a lot of people it was just a nice little nod to something that Ellie wants to do with Joel Leia. But I think that's too like it's too neat. Like it's almost I don't need Sarah to I don't need Ellie to be Sarah. Like the whole point is that he learns to love and care for Ellie. Like, as like another surrogate daughter kind of thing. It's not like, and the, the whole thing with um, Sarah finding the, uh, the the foldable knife in Joel's drawer, and it's like, yeah, because Ellie has a knife as well. It's almost like it's the same person or whatever. I just don't need those little connective okay. tissues. I find that too forced, and like I said, like, it's like too cute. I like okay. the stuff with the DVD, just because I don't I don't view it as a C three PO sort of recon. <laughs> I just feel like. For me, if you have the ability to go into adapt now two games with the knowledge of all mm. of those games, to me it's going to make season two even stronger when you get to that scene where Joel, you know, is wanting to watch it with um, Ellie because it's like to me I didn't view it as them trying to make um, Sarah more like Ellie because right. it's ultimately it's Joel's favorite movie like it's not Ellie hasn't made Joel love that movie or Sarah's not made out, Joel though, that movie. Yeah, well, because he loves it though. Mm. Like, the, you know what I mean? It's like she picks it out for sure. Yeah, yeah. But it's based on the knowledge of that character. And I like mm. that if you can establish stuff like that, even subtly, the payoffs will be big later mm. on. I yeah. also loved um, Marlene mentioning Riley with uh, uh, Ellie as yeah. well. Because obviously the Left Behind DLC is such a big part of Ellie's, um, you know, foundation i guess yeah. why she is why she is her first you know love her first kiss mm. or whatever it is and then um obviously riley is ultimately killed taken away from her and she's <laughs> suffering from that i like that this was a nod of not a nod but um it was establishing that framework in a more solid way than the original game did i know mm. the game had that big thing where ellie is talking about you know everyone i like, watched my best friend die or whatever it was and yeah. that's still cool but to just get that little hint towards the future and get ellie's reaction which is so visceral of like don't like don't speak about right, right like, don't right. speak about her mm. i just thought little things like that they didn't come across as too neat or too cheap to me it was more building a more consistent world perhaps what about when they mentioned um oh god is it bill and frank yep. yeah because he's not really in the game is he frank Frank is is dead at that point, yeah. You find a letter from him saying that he always hated Frank. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Even though they were together. Isn't that an entire episode? Yeah, yeah. Well, they've they've got. I forget who's playing Frank, but they've they've cast both those characters. Yeah. Like that, that'll be a whole thing. It's like a guy from yeah. the White Lotus, he's playing Frank. Is it? I'm fairly certain. Mr. Might be Lotus. He's Mr. Lotus. But yeah, it's just like he's a character who didn't even need to be explored, mm. and I'm glad that they are because it's for us. To I, I'm very less as more. But again, honestly, oh, okay. like my overall perspective on this is just that it was it was a pristine, perfect thing, and you would have to do something way above and beyond for me to say that. Okay, I'm glad you did that. The only scene that I think is is arguably better is, is Sarah's death scene. I think that that is unbe- just uh, unbelievably well acted. I mean, I was in bits after that thing. And then you know it's coming, obviously, from the game. But I just think it's so, so well put together. That's one of the only, like, literally the only thing in the whole show that I would hold up and be like, okay, that's that's just as good. Right. Whereas everything else just kind of fell down a little bit. Um, and Did it's the bit yeah. where he threw that boy into the fire. Did that not, like, shock you a bit? I thought that stuff was just bad because, like, <sighs> if you're talking about, like, Joel's entire arc and, but like... Th- that was showing him just, like, I don't care anymore. Yeah, but how on the nose do you want him to be? Like, I just thought it was, like... Like, yeah, like, like he needs to... It's 20 years later. He's moved on. Like, he's trying to, like, uh, deal with it in reality where he doesn't have his daughter anymore. And he's so disconnected from the idea of uh, the innocence of a child that he'll just throw them on a bonfire. 
Like, I just, I don't need that. Like, but that's like a TV trope. That's how, I you, guess. That's how you showcase that. Mm-hmm. In a game, there's like hours that you can show that. Yeah, I just, like I said, I, just, I thought they did it more naturally with him. Like, in the game, it just, I, like, I just felt, yeah, just, just less signposted, less okay. like, do you get it? Do you get it? He's disconnected from the, he can't love. Do you get it? <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I agree. But I, I, that's I, totally I, know, I know what you mean. I know yeah. what you mean. Skip him back a little bit. You yes. talk about some subtle, subtler changes. I like the, the more prominent role of, um, Tommy in in the opening right, where yes. you get that scene yeah. where you know they're sitting down. <laughs> I'm just realizing every single thing. <laughs> I just don't. I don't agree with any of it. No, you guys should champion it though because clearly I'm in the one percent. No, but no I didn't like that either. But oh my god, my head. Tommy it, was perfect. I thought Tommy I thought was, he was so the best good. Char- like he was good casting. Yeah, he's phenomenal in the series. Everything yeah. about him was Tommy. And I, I I mean they've made a few other changes to Tommy and Joel's relationship, but having him yeah. like in the house talking to Sarah, you know, having yeah, that yeah. family dynamic more established, like Tommy and Joel. Obviously, great in the game, yeah. but I, I, I love Tommy in part two, and mm-hmm. I love the connection that he has with his brother and the things that he would do for his brother in that game, and just how dark he gets. Yeah, and you know, Especially knowing the end, yeah. yeah, totally, and knowing that that will probably be incorporated into a season two or three or whatever of the show. Establishing that core initially to me is going to pay off really well for when yeah. they do eventually, you know, mm. meet up later on in yeah. Wyoming, and to see them so close there. And then, uh, presumably, you know, some bad stuff has gone down, you know, later on, Joel says to Marlene, oh, you turned my brother against me or whatever. Like, when they meet up and kind of have that bad blood, I just think that was another smart move where it's only one scene, it's only a slight, more, slightly more prominent role for Tommy, but to me, just to establish that dynamic straight away, mm. I do think, it, like, all this stuff, I do think it's going to ultimately pay off. Because yeah. they do change, like, that whole, the reason, like, they change the whole layout of where Tommy is. Like, he's not in some, uh, like, water generator near Jackson or whatever, like he is in the original game. Like, um, well, he's out there somewhere, I guess we don't really know, but he, like, Joel wants to hunt him down anyway. He was yeah. already going to be leaving anyway, um, as opposed to, like, just leaving because he needs to do the cargo mission with Ellie in the game. Um, yeah, it's things like that where I'm just, I'm just, I'm too hung up on less is more, and I'm too hung up on the plot beats that are already there, um, that, like, switching that stuff around for me doesn't really add much however they do show that bit when um joel is trying to plan the route that he might take to get to tommy and he's just having all these different pills and stuff i mean the same pill but over and over again do you think they'll do more with that do you think they flesh out because i saw craig mason talk about you know because joel obviously in the tv show isn't a video game character he needs to feel the ramifications of punching someone a lot or running around a lot or whatever and he's like he's getting on he's like a 50 whatever year old man or something um, or 40s or whatever. Um, do you think they have that as like he's literally taking painkillers to deal with it? It's like Max Payne 3 or something. Yeah. It's like he's trying right. to bury, like that's the, and by the end of it, he'll be this like husk of a dude who's like barely clinging onto Ellie and that's why he saves her or something. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a nice little wrinkle uh, that you can add to a live action adaptation that you can't really convey in game mm. without it becoming frustrating. Like yeah. Yeah. Joel in the game is superhuman for a 50 plus year old. You know what I mean? Yeah. He is capable of crouching around like nobody's business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's capable of crazy things, and that's cool. It doesn't take you out of it. Yeah. It doesn't break your suspension of disbelief. It's totally fine. But you have the ability here to be like, oh, God, like the 20 years have taken mm. a toll on this man. You know what I mean? He's looking for something, and if he keeps going the way he's going, his his body is going to break down. Mm. Never mind his mind. He like he literally won't be able to do anything. So what's mm. going to happen when he actually does get like destroyed body-wise, and then he has to look after it. Is he going to be a mess? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we have all that scene, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Depends what they, how they do it. <laughs> I'm in pills down his throat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go back to life. What did you think about Joel in general, like Pedro Pascal's I think performance? That I, I saw him as Joel from the get-go. Right. I, I can, I... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. I think he is a good Joel. I wish I thought the same. I can't. It's so annoying. I can't. I, I can't give you. I can't give it anything positive. Personally, genuinely, okay. other than the Sarah scene. I just for me, it all just it just was a worse version of everything that I love. So was Sarah his daughter? Like, could you see that? No, I thought they had worse rapport. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. I just thought that, like, like I said, like Troy, the, the game Joel and game Sarah had a better rapport together. Um, yeah, you, I just you knew them for less time in the game. Yeah, which is why, but they open on that scene where it's like Sarah and Joel, and he's coming back in. He's like, "Oh, I need that like contract work to come through." And then she's got on the watch, and she stayed up for him. And that like that little joke about like, oh, "How did you even afford this?" And she's like, "Drugs. I sell hardcore drugs." Yeah. And it's like that's just like a fun back and forth. Like immediately you get them, and it's like but that's in the show. Yeah, but the the delivery's like just different. Like it just feels <laughs> like they're wearing that skin. I just it's it's me. I'm broken. Like I'm the one percent in the Rotten yeah. Tomatoes score. But like that stuff just didn't. None of that stuff. <laughs> what about the addition of the old lady next door. And that's such I a. Quite like that. You guys should talk about it because I I was just like, oh, is it a creepy old woman again? Is it? Is it? Oh, is it a barbarian again? Is it? So how, Let me go show this. I'm James. just a bit confused. How how is she infected then? The old lady. How did she get that? Well, he is the thing. Oh, right? the planes fall out of the sky. Carry on. Well, I don't know if you want me to say because there's a theory going around okay. online. So. Quit now if you don't want to know. <laughs> We've this already spoiled the story anyway. No, but this is for upcoming things. You yes. know what okay. I mean? Yeah. We did but talk about the end of the game story, but we don't know if that's the end of the show story. Oh, totally. It just assumedly is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just, I think because the, the infection seems to be different in the show than it is in the game. Like, obviously, yeah. you don't have spoils. We should talk about that. Yeah. Oh, my God. You've got yeah. these tendrils and stuff. Yes. But the theory going around on Reddit and online, James, is that okay. they talk throughout the early parts of the show about, you know, baking cookies. Joel's going to get the cake in all the. All, all the way through, both Joel and Sarah decline. They, they, they turn down the cookies. Joel doesn't get the cake. They don't eat anything. <laughs> right. And apparently the infection is in the food, similar to how it was in a, vegan, with, the, with the crops before. It's in the flour. I don't know if uh, vegans can eat flour. But apparently because of the, the fungus or whatever, apparently uh, that's but that's what people think is how yeah. it transmitted initially. If there wasn't spores, it was in like contaminated food. Because they did show that bit where the old man was feeding. Yes. Her. Yeah, exactly that's true. That. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. That's a good spot. Yeah, because yeah, in the game, it's like it's like some sort of crop, some sort of mutation that yeah. was then harvested and, and spread through our various, assumedly, food products. Because um, I was like, how did the planes fall out of the sky? But like, whatever they ate, like happened, like they ate that stuff and then fall out, fall out of the sky. Yeah, or the pilot just became infected. Yeah, 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 something yeah. like that. Yeah. What? How do you feel then about spores not being in the show? 
Spoilers. Spores. Sorry. Oh, I am. Um, I kind of hate that. Surprisingly, <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? Um, we don't even need Scott here. We'll just yeah, get like I know, man. AI me some puppet. phrases. Honestly, and you I'll know, keep pressing the button. You know when like something you've. Well, I've not. I was looking forward to this, but as an example, like you know, something you're looking forward to comes out, or something that's, that's a high profile thing comes out, and you're watching it, and you know you're going to talk about it later, like with your friends, or you can. In our case, it's like you can talk about it on here, and you know you have nothing to say because mm. I just know that none of it worked for me, but I still want to have that. Conf- I still want to talk about it. Um, yeah, just none of it. None of it worked for me, other than the Sarah thing. Um, but the Spore thing, I think is, I, I mean, whatever. I guess I have faith that they'll do something cool with it. But when that grandma bit that woman, uh, like, and then it looked like she had a mouthful of hair. And I was just like, okay. She had little things coming out. A little things coming out. And um, But the spores, the spores have such a payoff yeah, in yeah, both yeah. games because Ellie, like, gives Dina her mask in part two. And it's a massive deal. I hate that they took that out. <laughs> I mentioned as well the hospital fight in part two of Ellie when yeah. she pushes that girl into the thing. Yes, and then like, and that's the and you get her like the, the um that whole scene of like using it actually being able to be comfortable with yeah. it. Like you don't have any of that. That's the only thing that took me out of the immersion a little bit because right. when they started going up to him on the wall, the infected, and the mm. like put the mask on, but they mm. didn't. That's the only thing that took me out. Mm-hmm. I've got two things I want to say. First, what? going back to the old lady, <laughs> yep. I just thought when I was watching the scene where she is like out of focus and she's. Turning and yeah, she's yeah. you know contorting. That was like kind of cool. Yeah. I thought that was such an effective yeah. horror moment that you you wouldn't see in the game, maybe mm. just because of the way the cutscenes are made or whatever. And that was a thing where I was just pointing and going, "That's unique to the show, and that's excellent." What a great moment! That's funny because I was like, "Oh, it's another creepy old woman. Oh. It's another creepy old person." That's apparently the only horror we can do these days. Even if it wasn't an old woman, though. Just that idea of someone being there mm. and changing without you realizing. And then you look back and it seems like she's normal, but the infection yeah. has taken hold. Yeah, I love that as kind of a scene in itself and as a reflection of, oh no, things are going on in the periphery that you aren't noticing, but everything is building towards right. it. Everything is changing around you and you don't even realize it. With the spores, I kind of go back and forward on it because obviously the spores is such a cool and identifiable part of the franchise, and like yeah. you were saying, comes into the narrative in terms of Ellie doesn't have to wear the mask and how she hides her infection from people. That said, I wouldn't have liked it in the show because it's a slightly different medium. I don't want them to be putting gas masks on all the time and having the most dramatic bits happen where you can't see the characters' faces, you can't see them emoting. There's not many like, key scenes that happen with That's the That's probably on. why they've done it, isn't it? I think so. So you can see the faces. Pedro Pascal, yeah. like, I'm not doing it again. Yeah. yeah. I've, just, well, I've just been Mandalorian. <laughs> it's just, if you think about it, like that moment where they were looking at the infected on the wall, like that would have had to be with a mask on. Yeah. You know, there's so much yeah. in the sewers where they'd have yeah. to have their mask on. I think it's... You could have like little, like smaller ones or something. I don't know. They, they they, got a face mask. But then yeah. would people not complain that it's just like, oh, but then it's not the right gas masks, you know? Maybe, yeah, I don't maybe, know. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. If, it, if they made, like, Fedra issue, you can kind of get around that. But. I don't think the tendrils, the CGI tendrils, look that great. Mm. But I, I, I'm I, kind of here for the for them changing it just because I want to see the actors' What's faces. Tendrils, sorry? Coming out of the old oh, lady's things. mouth. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, that bit with the old lady, I was, like, I just feel like that was the thing where I was like, it's another, like, old, that bit where you walk in in every zombie movie where there's, like, someone feeding and they look up for a bit and then you get chased and we've just done that a million times and I was just like, why are we doing that scene again in The Last of Us? Of all the things to apply that but trope to. The game still came out 10 years ago, so it is 10-year-old material still. Yeah, but they didn't have that trope in the game and that was 10 years ago. <laughs> that was the thing. I was just All like, right. Last of Us was such a fresh way to do a zombie yeah, story yeah, yeah. Um, that, like, when you do like zombie tropes, I I find it. But I'm I'm just I'm horrifically off base. Say, with this. It is made for TV. It has yeah. to have these beats in it that you as a gamer don't appreciate. Where a TV viewer would. More. Yeah, that's the case though. That they have to like lean on ostensibly like outdated tropes to get my mum to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that that bit when um, it was like when Joel was running through the diner with Sarah and there's that that, that like, was good. The dude oh, like jumping at him from behind. That's hilarious. I didn't like that much. Flying around. That was so good. I was like, that's so like just turn around for a second. Like I need I need to believe what? that you think something's chasing you. And he was right. just like just didn't even look around. It was just like no. Oh man, if I I, mean, I can only speak for myself, but if I'm carrying he wasn't even someone, sprinting. which he's just he having a little jog. There's a kid in his hand. He can run faster, dude. Right, you carry me out of here <laughs> okay. and see how far you can run with me in your <laughs> You're getting on my back, my friend. It'll be less. I thought, yeah, I didn't mind that too much. And I, I liked that depiction of the infected personally because it's something we haven't really seen in the games. We've mm. seen them kind of be inhuman in the games, but we've never seen them, you know, throw themselves with such 
velocity and disregard for their own well-being mm. and anything. It would was that just have been a interesting. I think so. Yeah, yeah. it would have been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, just, I saw again. Someone else said this on Reddit, but I saw someone say that they hope they implement that kind of behavior in The Last of Us Part Three, and I'm all for that. If you or just get. like flinging yourself, flinging them at stuff. It's like that's like World War Z zombies. Totally, yeah. just having them like chase you in that kind of, with that intensity where they're going so fast, yeah. they have so much momentum that mm -hmm. if you turn a corner, they're like flying straight down, yeah, like yeah, knocking yeah. into everything. That's this kind of 28 days later, I guess. 100%. There's something about that kind of style of infected zombie or otherwise that does it for me yeah, and like makes me scared and makes me feel like the characters are in danger. Yeah. I did think that bit, I forgot in context which character looks upon these people. I think it's Joel, and there's a bit where it's in that scene where they're trying to escape after the plane goes down, and um, they sort of go through like a door, and there's like five or six people all feeding at the same time. Yeah. And I thought that was like a pretty like, cool, creepy kind of visual that I've not necessarily seen that much, because they're so just focused on like infecting someone else that they're not really even noticing that he's there. But you still have that sort of quiet, weird sound effects thing of all that stuff happening. I was like, that's quite effective. Is that not where that man just like popped up and then stuff? Yeah, I think he chases it. Yeah, 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 because then it goes from there. Yeah. I, I think I, I worry about what you'll think of what you'll I'm going to say. You'll know exactly next, what I'm going to say. I, you might like it, but you might not because obviously they change things big and small. Yeah. But one small change that I love was the fake out in how Joel and Tommy's car tips over because okay. they do the yeah. shot from the game yeah. where you where you pan left or whatever and you see a truck coming at them. Yes. And you think, oh, it's going to go how the game goes. They're going to yeah. get hit by the truck. It's going to roll them over. <laughs> and then something else hits that truck and yeah. they keep going. And then ultimately it's the plane debris that yeah. knocks them out. And then when they get out, another truck goes right into the front of where they were parked. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was just something about that where as, you know, like, again, someone who knows this beat for beat, mm. It was a. It, I thought that was a lovely wink of. Yeah. You might think you know what's going on here, but you don't know everything. You know what <laughs> I mean? You, you might know the big things, but you know we, we're going to keep you on your toes. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was a great way of keeping fans in the moment and feeling the intensity of the moment mm. because it was still capable of surprising you, even mm. if you've been in that car with Joel, Tommy, and Sarah multiple times, and you've seen the gas station explode. You've seen the people happen there were mm. still surprises in it that kept the yeah. kept you immersed in it yeah definitely we should talk about um bella ramsey as ellie because we haven't talked about her yet um jim's douse yeah she sold me yep. in the trailer she didn't much i right, couldn't right. see her as ellie but the second she starts speaking that's, she's that's I, ellie. yeah i can't say on this podcast but the way she says her swear words is perfect like yeah. just she absolutely nails it she swings right into it and it's great no, she is arguably the best part so far yeah. her casting anyway yeah, I, no, I, I take that back because Tommy is great, and so is Pedro Pascal. I, I take that entirely back. I said this in the ups and downs, man, but for me, that casting director needs to get a raise. Yeah. Every yeah. single I, role yeah. from the main roles to like casting Jonathan from the Mummy in the opening scene to yes. get in a bunch of bit part <laughs> actors that you know. Blown James Dowd's mind with that. Yeah, right, that's, that's John Hannah. Like from the top tier right down to the extras, man. I thought everyone was just spot on. I'm so <laughs> happy Marlene is Marlene as well. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, such same. a good. That's such a good idea. Yes. Before we jump to Marlene, I just want to kind of say about uh, Bella Ramsey as Ellie because yes. I, I always thought I was going to like her. I was never one of those doubters who thought that she wouldn't I be Ellie. I wasn't still on. Carry on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't going to be Ellie. But I was still surprised by how quickly I was taken to her performance. Mm. For me, the very first scene that she's in when she's chained to the wall, as soon as she kicked the way she kicked the plate of dinner away <laughs> from her, I thought... That's Ellie. That's, yeah. that's, that's Ellie there. She's done it with the attitude, with the mannerisms, with the delivery, which I can't believe is so close to Ashley Johnson's original. Mm -hmm. I just think, uh, yeah, I was... Yeah, I was I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised. Yeah. I do think it yeah, I think her delivery is is bang on. Like I like I said, I, I do love the way she swears. I'm a big fan. I, like that's the thing. I love Ellie so much that I'm just like I just want to champion that character and everything. I think it was just because it was quite full on, like maximum Ellie. Like here she is, she's swearing, it's middle finger, she's going for, her, she's trying to stab Joel. Like it was just very like like full on. Whereas like, when you meet her in the game, she's kind of like that because she's defending Marlene. She thinks that yeah. Marlene's being held at gunpoint by Joel and Tess, so she jumps in and she's I think she calls them like an effer or whatever while she gets in the way. And it makes a bit more sense. And then that's why she's distrustful to Joel. And then, like, I just like all that came. I mean, I, obviously, I like everything else better in the game. Mm. But, like, I think that makes more Can sense. Can you see in season two her becoming the Ellie from part two? That's a very interesting question. Because though. in this show, because when you look at it, I didn't realize she was 19. She was about 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm assuming that they've, like, 
de-aged her in some way, like dressed her in these clothes that make her look like a child. But I'm, I'm assuming in season two mm. they're gonna make that they're gonna have to age her up, aren't they? Because it is so many years later. What's the that time span between one and two? Five years. Five right. Years. Okay. So yeah. I guess yeah, if you give it like another yeah, and just so they're see. gonna have to somehow make her look older. Yeah. That's like really, unless they recast. But well, she's perfect though, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. But she is that age, so I assume Ellie in, she could in, do it. in part two is such a, di- like a different character. Well, she is. She's like, she has loads of different mannerisms. She's taken on a lot of Joel and everything. So it's like, maybe you recast. I don't know. I don't know about I that. Think I think she could do it. I don't feel like she has the, f- that's the thing that I'm not sold on. I don't feel like she has the ferocity. I definitely feel like she has the vocal delivery, but I don't really buy like the, the ferocity of it. Whereas like Ellie in the game could like kick ass and kill people. Yeah, but the beginning everything. of part one when you're playing, you don't see Ellie as a badass immediately, do you? Not necessarily a badass, but I guess just like ha- knowing that she's like from, it's almost like she's from the streets kind of thing. It's like she's been through a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't buy that this Ellie has been through a lot. That's the thing that I was surprised okay. that I did buy this early right. on because I, 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 I was confident that Bella Ramsey was going to be like a really good actress, like really give, give really good performances. Mm. But I too was like, does she have that kind of edge? Does she mm, have yeah. that ferocity that the world of The Last of Us demands? Yeah. And f- like I said, from that first interaction, I thought, okay, there's, there's something there. Right. There's like, there's like a little, little, little bit of darkness, a little bit of, there's, there's that fight yeah. in mm. that performance that I think I'm looking forward to see, you know, obviously come out of its shell as the series progresses. Mm-hmm. You're watching her and eventually she will have to carry the entire franchise on her back. Yeah. That is how her character ends up. Yeah, potentially. Um, but what was the thing you wanted to talk about something else before we went back to Ellie? Oh, we were talking about, about Marlene. Marlene as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mar- again, we I, no, you keep saying James Dowse, everyone's the best in the show. And then you realise there's even more people who are good. And then there's more. <laughs> yeah. Like I think, you know, like I said, there's a few things I think the TV show does better than the game. Mm. And I think Marlene is one. Really? It obviously helps by having the same actress play the character yeah. twice. But I, I personally think this characterization of that character has more to it, mm-hmm. more dimension. Whereas in the first one, she was she's, to me, she just felt like a rather bland um, yeah. leader of the Fireflies until you kind of get to the end and then you get her recordings where she's more um, wrangling with the morality of sending this girl that she knows to this operation that will kill her. This time around, she was funny. She had weight, like in yeah, terms yeah. of presence. You know, mm. she she felt like the leader of a like you know a military organization, mm. and I just thought there was it felt like there was more to her, especially with the slight changes to her and Joel's relationship, where they feel like they have more of a history. I guess. Yeah, I thought she felt the most like a video game character, which like in like in a way that I thought made her stand out. <clears throat> I think obviously like, I'm aware of like that she's reprising the role from the game as well. Um, but it was just like the big cargo pants and she comes in, she's like, do just do your orders, just follow your orders and whatever else. I don't necessarily think that the original one was like bland or anything, but that those beats where they do like comedy when she's like missing her ear. Missing her ear I thought that was a weird beat. Oh, and, I love um, that. It was cool because she was missing an ear and it just panned across. And <laughs> that was got, like, yeah, that was the joke. Hey, but she got her ear shot off. Is that <laughs> what it was? Oh, okay. Yeah. There was a, they do a couple of like weird, like, for me, they were weird, like comedic beats. Like, I don't like things that betray the like, the context, like if, like if you're in, if you've had 20 years of this horrific reality um, and you've just been in a gunfight to like try and get this component for a car, which we know is super rare, and um, to try and escape or do whatever you want. And she um, <laughs> just does it, shut up because it has been blown off. I was just like, I don't know. They're just uh, you got to combat awfulness with humor. Yeah, I guess that's so. That's what they're doing. I guess so. That's, it's, I mean, Ellie does that. Like that's totally Ellie's yeah. defense mechanism, yeah. I- but uh, that stood out to me. But of course it did. Because everything did. Could I talk about my favorite? You can change. Oh, please be more positive than me. And it's not bloody Pedro Pascal yeeting Bella Ramsey into the wall. I did laugh at that. Which was cool. How was that? Dude, he like when chucks Ellie yeah. into the wall. Of course he does. Yeah. Even comparing that. tries grabbing the knife. Yes. Yes, I remember. Yeah, it was like a duel in the games and it was just like, um, like caring for Ellie and then like duel in the TV show just like <laughs> slamming her into the wall. I... Okay, of course I do. I like that antagonistic relationship more. I think yeah. it's cool to start them off on that like front where he's standing on a knife. He's throwing her. No, I don't want it to throw her into the wall, but you know he's kind of got <laughs> it's that. It's the way they general... cut it because they cut to the impact point. So yeah, it's like oh my god, okay, like a UFC yeah. like shoulder tackle or something. He's got that general disregard, I guess, where it's like he's just on the edge at all time mm. looking for threats and like in that moment he thinks Ellie is a threat. Yeah, uh, but the change that I like in that scene is what they do with Robert's story. Because obviously, like we were saying at the beginning, you know, Robert, uh, you get that great scene from the game where Jess and uh, Tess. Tess and Joel are interrogating <laughs> him. You break his arm. I think it's Tess who shoots him. Yes. But before then, obviously, you as the character Joel have killed, you know, tens of men 
getting up to yeah. that point. You've mm. been sneaking through, you've been in shootouts, you've been, you know, chalking out Robert's men. I love that. Initially, I didn't like that they arrived and Robert was dead because I thought, Same. what I a needless change. Why would you omit the scene of them interrogating him? It shows how ruthless they are. It shows how hardened they become to the world. Yep. I think it's good, though, because by not showing you Joel hurt a person throughout the entire episode, like before the outbreak or after the outbreak, it makes, for me, his first kill more impactful. So then when we get to the end, mm -hmm. when he finally does hurt someone and kills someone and beats the guard to death because it reminds him of Sarah, to me, it made that kill more impactful. And it, and it kind of... I was thinking about that um, quote that Craig Mazin said that kind of went viral and everyone was picking apart where he was talking <laughs> about how... You know, he wants to make the violence in The Last of Us more meaningful. And what he meant by that was, like, the the violence that you do to just random NPCs, mm. random goons that you kill who, like, you don't know them. They're not characterized. They are just enemies. They are just pixels that yeah, explode. Yeah. And I thought killing that guard, who I think is called Lee, because you get a scene with him earlier on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought that was a great <clears throat> example of what he meant. You know, you've taken someone who was yeah. just kind of a nameless NPC in the game who you don't really care if they live or die, mm. and you've turned... One of Joel's acquaintances into his first kill, and it's yeah. a brutal kill, and it's in response to him being like triggered from the memory of Sarah's death. For me, yeah. I have problems with the execution of the scene, but I think in theory and from a storytelling perspective, that's the biggest change of the episode, and it's the one I love the most. The way, yeah, I mean, like when you guys talk, when you said what do I think of Joel, I I didn't buy him as like a ruthless dude who'll do whatever to get by. Like I feel like you get told that there's that bit where you get to see Robert interrogating Tess, um, and he and uh, and they, they, you know Robert Robert is like terrified of Joel. Who's that guy you've got with you? And she's like, oh, you know, he's with me and whatever. But it's like we don't know what that's based on. We don't see him do anything. There's that one bit where he says to one of the fireflies, like, you know, tell me to look for the light and I'll break your jaw. And I'm like, that's a great line. For, for Joel, but then later on when they make it a whole deal that he's punched that guy to death, like, and he's looking at his knuckles and everything, and they sort of like, I didn't like that because I was like, well, he's meant to be this ruthless dude, 20 years of manifesting the death of his daughter into violent actions, which you feel way more in the game because they execute Robert after having broke his arm. I feel like by getting rid of that and not really cementing just how far Joel had fallen, um, and in the game, like, you know, being, being part of Tess's gang, like, he's happy to almost be subservient to Tess. Like, she comes home full of bruises and everything, and then she's like, right, let's go get our uh, weapons back or whatever, and they sort of just work together. I just, all those little changes, I didn't buy him as this, I didn't believe how far he's fallen. Like, he's fallen a lot further in the game to me. Mm. Um, and so I, I, like, yeah, I like where he's at in the game a lot more. And then also, that was the, another thing that I just thought was weirdly kind of rushed was that bit where he's looking at his knuckles, he realizes he's killed guy and um, they weirdly have that scene at the same time as the ellie's actually positive um she's actually infected scene which in the game is a way bigger deal tess pulls a gun on ellie and says like explain this right now because obviously to them they've lived two decades in the apocalypse and the very idea of someone surviving a bite is the biggest thing that they could possibly encounter and they don't do that at all in this like Test uh, sort of freaks a little bit, but like Ellie just goes, no, no, it's real, it's real. But like they fade the audio to like do a weird thing with Joel's headspace and then they run through the, the mesh and it's the end of the episode. That's going to be the next 15 minutes of the next episode. Yeah, totally. But they, but already you've got you've got past that initial reaction. Maybe you can do that later or something. But I just thought that whole thing was kind of rushed. And then to take like to take the agency away from Ellie in that situation and make it more about Joel realizing he has he, he can kill people or whatever. I was just like, okay. Hmm. Okay. Like, are you not already doing this? Is that why you're feared? Because we've been told you're feared. I didn't take that away from Joel's action. I didn't think mm. that was, like, the first time he's done it. I think, you know, like I said, it's the first time we've seen him. But like you right. said, you know, he's spoken about... People are scared of him, you know. He seems like an angry guy mm. who's capable of, uh, you know, we're told bad things. And for me personally... Sure tell. Well, for me personally, right? Like, it's you're not going to like this. <laughs> but for me personally, to show how far he's fallen... He's burning the dead kids. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That to me yeah. ev evokes the same thing through a different way, through mm -hmm. through not just yeah. focusing it all through violence. That to me True. reflects his mental state and then you save the, the violence towards the end to show what he's capable of and how much anger he still has over this death from mm. 20 years ago. Yeah. I'll throw in another thing just on the, on the, on the pile of stuff I didn't like. And, I, and then I swear I'm done. Um, which <laughs> was just um, that bit where he's uh, being held at gunpoint against that Lee or whatever that guard's called. And he remembers the, the scene with Sarah and he decides to act because of the Sarah comparison. I hate that that's so early in the story. 
because he's ultimately meant to get there with a comparison of... You have that one bit where he looks at the watch on the roof in the game and he starts to think of Ellie in the same way as uh, as Sarah. I thought doing that immediately... Like, I just like... I like Show and Tell. I like a slow build. I like Joel's overall arc. I don't... Obviously, he's going to make some sort of comparison. He's, but again, is that the first time he's been held at gunpoint in 20 years? Like, from... Uh, well, yeah. he's, he's the thing. I With a small girl behind him. I have my issues with that... Uh, sequence because I, I don't I would have liked them not to have shown you the flashback I think it's yeah, way it's, too yeah, soon yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's already fresh in your memory you could imagine that that's what it's very was. test yeah. audience like we need to make sure that they know yeah. Yeah. that's it like I think viewers are smart enough to get that and yeah. I don't think it actually adds that's that's definitely a case where I would say less is more I, one you know. point yeah <laughs> yes, you get that one point <laughs> that's definitely the case where to one. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have to show that but I of course disagree with what you said there about the Joel thing because in my head he's not even doing it for Ellie in that situation like yeah. he's he, he's not he's not thinking I want to kill this guy mm. because she reminds me of my daughter right then specifically it's mm. just he's reminded of that moment like he's put back into the moment and I would say it's not inconceivable to think that this is the first time he's being confronted with an armed military guy specifically mm. someone like taking orders someone like a faceless mm. military man in a, in a, in a uniform mm holding a flashlighted assault rifle at him. I think that, to me, the way I read that scene was he's taken back to that moment uh, and he's doing it out of, like, anger and revenge, not because he's doing it because he's thinking, this time I can save the girl. It's like, right. you remind me of this situation and I beat the crap out of you because you remind me of the guy who killed my daughter. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah, there's a weird beat as well because he's, like, he's just, like, taking a leak or whatever. He's just, like, peeing against the wall. Why? <laughs> like in the game, you come out the dude, you come out the pipe and you get side like you get punched in the head by the dude with like a butt of a rifle. It's way more immediately threatening. It's oh my god, we're just in this scenario as opposed to dude taking a leak who decides to ruin your day. Like what the hell? What that to me? To be fair, I'm, I'm you liked it. I'm, no, I'm back and forward. <laughs> and it's, I could let me guess. I could no, I could take it or leave it. To be yeah. honest, I thought it was a weird beat in the moment, but. Again, I was I didn't hate it just because I thought well, I thought it was weaker. I was just like it was you weaker. Know. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was weaker. It it worked as a payoff for the guard thing earlier because we know Joel knows who he yeah. is. Presumably, he knows what guard duty is on. He thinks like he's in safe hands, mm. and the guy's like, "No, I told you not to come out." Like, I, like you couldn't trust him after all. But mm. I do agree that yeah, that scene <clears throat> felt a little bit rushed in the grand scheme of things, and I. Not all the changes were for the best. Yeah, yeah. I guess, like you said, though, they'll probably open on the next episode. Mm -hmm. You'll have that whole conversation between Tess, Joel, yeah. and, uh, and Ellie. Well, this episode ended as well with uh, an infected noise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Showing the two buildings falling together. Yeah, whatever. which I was so glad to see that. Right. I, I knew that they'd have to uh, include that in the show, but seeing it visually was unbelievable. <laughs> seeing that tilted tower. Yeah. <laughs> Just that tilted tower. That tilted tower, baby. Oh, God, I can't wait to go there in the next episode. Where are we dropping, boys? It's a, it's a whole thing. Oh, yeah, thing. that is a fortnight. Yeah, yeah, that's what you were doing. I didn't even get my own joke. We should, <laughs> we should end on uh, just sort of general thoughts about the rest of the season. Like, what, what kind of stuff do you want to see? Do you actually want them to take more risks and things that maybe they've not talked about? Like the idea of the spores being replaced with the tendrils. That's one of the only things that's come out so far. But I wonder if there is more, or there are more, uh, fundamental changes that just haven't really been talked about. How do you? How close do you want them to play? Just it? a couple more. Like every episode, add a few scenes that I'd be like, "Oh, that's cool that mm. they added this." Every episode, that's all <laughs> I'd be happy with. One to one remake with a few added scenes. Right. Yeah. I for me, I think there are certain scenes you can't get rid of, and you should probably try to veer as close to the original as possible. <clears throat> but there's so much about The Last of Us, the game. So mm. much, so many great moments that don't happen in cutscenes. They happen in random dialogue between Joel yeah. and Ellie while they're on missions, while they're in gunfights while they're doing endless ladder puzzles that I think, you know, can be reframed in original ways. And I'm excited and confident after the first episode that they can pull the original stuff off. Mm. For me, and it might get different mileage of this, but for me, the original stuff worked. The horror worked. I like the way they kind of fleshed out the characters and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So going forward, you know, I, I'm excited to see what they do with Bill and Frank. I'm excited to see yeah. who Melanie Linsky's character is and like what her role in the story is going to be because she's not from the games as far as I'm mm. aware, nor is her the settlement that she's involved in or whatever. I don't know. She's mm. only in the trailer. So like it's that stuff that I'm more excited to look forward to because for as good as, for instance, Sarah's death here was... I have seen that so many times, and mm. it's still great, quote unquote, to weirdly it say that. It is weird comparing, like yeah, one hundred percent. It's still an integral part, and it was, you know, f exciting to see in live action. But 
I, I just love what they added, man. Love what they added. <laughs> I want to see what they added next. I, uh, I guess I'm curious if they show more of like Marlene's side of things because I feel like she leaves the story for so long in the game and comes back at the very end and then obviously has to deliver the, the, the uh, information of like, we're going to have to operate kind of thing to keep that big. And um, so I wonder if they flesh her stuff out because they did do a bit more of that in two. They sort of like filled in some more scenes with the doctors and hey, she was up to this before all these other scenes happen mm-hmm. and do it that way. Um, yeah, I guess we'll just see how it goes. I don't know if I'm going to watch any more of it. So <laughs> will. I don't know. I don't I will just have to wait and see. Um, but yes, go check out uh, Josh's Ups and Downs. We'll try and keep on top of all the episode reviews as they roll out and we'll do another podcast uh, as the season Comes to a close, which means I'll have to watch at least the finale. You will. Imagine that just missing everything, watching the finale. What if they change the ending? What if they do? Uh, yeah. At least that'll be something new. <laughs> Not the uh, recreating stuff that I could do better. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they did better. But um, yes, uh-huh. for now, this has been the World Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by James Dallas. Thanks for that, Scott. Anytime, man, Josh Brown. It's always a pleasure, Scott. Always yeah. a pleasure to not watch any more of The Last of Us. And we'll catch you uh, next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs>